Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the hard-hitting Buffy podcast that doesn't stop until we find the truth. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Is that truth that Xander and Angel are meant to be together? Yes, it fucking is. <laughs> Direct confirmation in this episode. Direct. No, you. we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm so excited. <laughs> Never been so excited. This is foreshadowing, listeners. <laughs> this is episode seven of season two, Lie to Me, original air date November 3rd, 1997. I'm not sure I've ever heard a more on-the-nose title for a Buffy episode. Doesn't it kind of give away the twist? It gives away literally every piece of drama, I think, in the episode, <laughs> that it's all about the lies that we tell to each other. That's true. Yeah, no, everyone's Everyone doing that whole lying, lying thing. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, as far as titles go, it's descriptive. Yeah, I feel like they wrote an episode around the title. <laughs> I mean, the J-Man wrote this one. Yeah, yeah. written and directed by Joss. Like, so high. Okay. We start out with the creepy merry-go-round. Yeah, spooky, dark. Is it dark, Dave? Can you see? Is no. there little light in this scene? Why would I ever be able to see this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Anytime it's at night, I literally can't see what's happening on the screen. That time you were like, they're going to figure this out. It's going to get better, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when has a merry-go-round ever meant like a good thing in fiction? It's always well, the source of innocence and yeah. youth, but it's never good. Take Face Off, the classic <laughs> example. You start out on a merry-go-round with John Travolta and his little kid, and they're doing the, like the face waterfall thing, and then both of them get shot. Oh, with, with a single bullet, Dave, if, if we're remembering correctly. Uh-huh. But anyways, I'm just saying Nicolas Cage is amazing, I guess. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. <laughs> Although he doesn't kill John Travolta. Anyways. No. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the wrong bird. Right. Doesn't matter. He still got them both, sort of. Moving back to Buffy. So it's it's spooky. I mean, playground in the dark. Something is amiss. There should not be children here. There's a child who's waiting for his mom to pick him up. I have serious concerns about the stability of his home life. Seriously? Why is like... your mom making you wait alone in this dark-ass playground? I guess it's California. It seems like it's generally pretty sunny there. So it's got to be pretty late for it to be this dark. Yeah, but it's not like Philadelphia where it's always sunny. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite crazy vampire shows up, Drusilla. She really is the best crazy vampire. She's so good. She uh, wants to eat this small boy because that's what she does. I mean, not specifically children, but humans. She has a super normal lullaby for him or nursery rhyme. So I'm going to blackberry bush? Run and catch. The lamb is caught in the blackberry patch. <laughs> oh, patch. Right. And you're like, well, it's creepy. That's probably what oh, she was going yeah. for. <laughs> but don't worry. Angie shows up. And he uh, menacingly tells the boy to run away, which mm -hmm. I don't blame the boy for then running. Although if he was close enough to go home, why was he waiting at this playground? <laughs> Whatever. Anywhere is better than here for him. Yeah. How's Drusilla feeling about Angel showing up? She's like happy to see him, but not so happy that he's a good boy now. Yeah, I think she seems oddly okay with him falling in love with Buffy. She thinks it's silly. Yeah. And I think she's, yeah, she's upset because she wants evil angel. Mm -hmm. Like bottom line, that's what she wants. So obviously she can't have that. And she's kind of like poking fun at him for falling in love with the Slayer. But 
all told, that's not like the main reason that she's not on board with it. Mm -hmm. And of course, at this point, you're like, hey, Angel, that's a vampire. Uh, She's (laughs) evil. You know this very well. Maybe Mm. you should kill her. Yep. She's weak. She's Mm -hmm. been weakened by a mob. She's alone. Maybe you should kill her. He doesn't, though. Because we need angel drama. (laughs) He actually tells her that she gets this one chance and that she and Spike should leave and never come back. (laughs) So he's planning to kill neither her nor Spike, both of whom are horrible. Hmm. How does the soul factor into... Hmm. I've got questions now that I didn't have before. (laughs) Well, because... It, it is kind of implied that the presence of his soul makes it difficult for him to want to kill her. But mm. she's literally pure evil. So yep. then shouldn't the act of murdering her, although horrible, be what he wants to do? Listen, we're just delaying <laughs> from the first segment, which is so close, but I keep wanting you to stumble upon it. Okay. Oh, and then for some reason, Buffy's on a roof. Okay. Yes. And we get to our first segment <laughs> of the evening. Turnabout is fair plangel. Yeah, like in the movies when... Uh, Guy comes up and sticks a gun in some schmuck's back and says, uh, let's take a walk. All of a sudden, he's got a hostage. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Well, in reality, the pros like about five feet of separation. Five feet, huh? Yeah. And that's so the schmuck doesn't take the gun back and make ah! him eat it. Doesn't that suck? I just hit you for no reason. I don't even know why. <laughs> it just works so well with so many words. <laughs> Seamless. So, up until now... We've seen Angel constantly following Buffy around, creeping on her for no apparent reason. (laughs) This might be the first time that we see Buffy doing the same thing to Angel. I think that's probably very true. I have a lot of questions about what she's doing on a roof. On a roof. Oh my god. Before I had this segment, I was like, is this fucking Assassin's Creed? Like, rooftops aren't very flat in real life. They're not as close as fiction shows them to being. They're not of similar heights, generally. Why is she on here? What's she going to do if she sees something happening down lower? Uh, Presumably this is an elementary school, and that's why the child was waiting there. And a school would have a rather flat roof, but there would be literally nothing beside it. Yeah, nothing anywhere close to it. No. Is it symbology? I think it's just convenient, Dave. (laughs) To get a filming crew up onto the roof? Because from that angle, (laughs) Drusilla clearly has somehow noticed that Buffy is up there. Mm. And she is making it look like her and Angel are having a Mac fest. Right. Is that what the kids are calling it (laughs) these days? Yeah. It's super lit, Dave. (laughs) I see. I need to get woke. I'm sorry. Uh, I bet those terms won't even be popular anymore when this comes out. (laughs) Oh, I hope so. We'll be streets ahead. We are old. Anything else you wanted to say about the rooftopness? (gasps) It's dumb. I guess (laughs) that's my main point about it. And yeah, Drusilla is talking to Angel. She's getting all up close, making it look like they're kissing. And she's like, ooh, things are only beginning. I'm not leaving anytime soon. And that's our cold open done. And at this point, were you like, man, I'm really pumped for the Buffy and Angel conflict that's going to arise from this scene? (laughs) No, I was pumped for the Drusilla and Spike fucking shit up that was going to arise from this. I didn't even think that there would be Buffy and Angel conflict because I didn't care. That's very fair. Yeah, so then we go into J-Cal and G-Man being adorable, going on a date. Uh, J-Cal and Ripper, you mean. Oh, Ripper, right, of course. (laughs) J-Cal has a secret date planned, and this is the first secret or lie or omission in the episode. (laughs) We might get a count going, and 
The Lyometer? It might no. Be high. The we need a good name for it. Hmm. Truthoscope <laughs> is the Futurama term. If you saw delicious candy in the hands of a small child, would you seize and consume it? I remind you, you are under a truthoscope. Uh, well, uh, uh, the question is, uh, is vague. You don't say what kind of candy, uh, whether anyone is watching, or, uh, <clears throat> at any rate, I certainly wouldn't harm the child. So through our truthoscope, we see lies? Is that? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, so Jake Hal's got this secret date planned for Ripper, and he's like, tell me what it is. Why are you keeping this from me? And she's like, trust me, it'll be good. I know you, you like books. I know the things you like. I'm not going to fuck this up horribly. And he's yeah. like, all right, I will trust you. So she's wearing a very sort of bohemian dress in the way of Jake Hal. Her hair is insane, Dave. I realized that I didn't have any fashion or hair notes for this episode, which is definitely a mistake. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) Do not worry. What's happening with her hair? Well, her bangs are still questionable. Uh, They haven't grown out, obviously. And the rest of it, I mean, it's pretty short, but it's kind of piled on top of her head in sort of like, you know, like the troll dolls? Oh, yeah. It's a little bit like that, but with a lot less hair. (laughs) It's just kind of pointy. I didn't notice old pointy head. (laughs) It's pretty bad. In this scene when they're talking about, you know, Giles kind of trusting her with these date plans, Mm -hmm. he says something about leaving himself in her capable hands. Oh, yeah. And she's like, that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, really? I was super on board for that. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was a good setup that Giles, sorry, Ripper, would absolutely (laughs) give her. And it's exactly the response that I wanted to hear from her. It was totally, totally in character, now, for sure. doing this in a school in yeah. which you are employed? They're both teachers in the school, one in might say. In your workplace? Oh, man, that is far worse. I hadn't even thought about that. Well, this is the thing. If they're hanging out together anywhere else, I'm okay with it. I'm super mm-hmm. on board with it, in fact. But they're literally surrounded by students mm. who mm. know some things. They're not complete <laughs> idiots, all of and them. And this is not the subtlest of innuendos. <laughs> No, I would say that it's pretty in your face. So, yeah. Giles is wearing some sort of crazy yellow box tie (laughs) and like a blue and white striped dress shirt with an oddly light brown jacket. Ooh, I can't believe you didn't notice it. It was questionable. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just assumed that he would be looking good. No, he's looking good later. But right now, no. And then Buffy shows up to talk to him about whatever and she's wearing a very early 2000s outfit. Oh, I again. Like, I missed all of this. <laughs> I told you there'd be fashion notes, Dave. Don't worry. She's wearing a spaghetti strap tank top, which she's going to be wearing a lot of spaghetti strap tank tops from now on. And a very sort of knee-length flowy skirt. Yeah. Oh. Good times. The mini skirts are out? No, yeah. No more mini skirts. Okay. No, that's very... That's 290s. <laughs> Hey, Dave, what does our truthoscope tell us about this scene? Uh, <laughs> good things? Well, Buffy tells Giles that she sure didn't see any vampires last night. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she also tells him that everything's fine when he asks about her because she's looking mopey or depressed. <laughs> she's mopey as hell. She's not even yeah. trying to hide it. No. And he's like, oh, is everything okay? Yes. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's a good truthoscope noise. <laughs> so he doesn't believe her when she says no. that she's all, all all cool. So he's like, hey, take the night off. Hang out with Angel. <laughs> what a suave motherfucker Giles uh, is. 
It's a bit of a weird suggestion. Yeah. They they all just gloss over the age thing while also dwelling on it a lot. Because Giles and Buffy at times treat each other like they're equals. Mm-hmm. When Giles is sort of, he's not really in a position of like power over Buffy, but maybe an authority position. He's father figure and saying, having a father say, yeah, go hang out with your boyfriend is going to be weird at the best of times. Yeah, for sure. Willow and Buffy are passing notes in class. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, Xander is joining them and they're all talking about this mystery girl that Buffy saw last night because she doesn't know who Drew is. Right. And we get to fan theory confirmed the first where Xander's like, Angel was talking to someone else? (laughs) What? I may be somewhat paraphrasing there. I think what Xander says, so he's talking about Angel and I don't remember why, but for some reason he used the phrase that gives me a happy Mm. Which is a gross phrase. Yeah. I'm just saying he said it in relation to Angel. That's true. I actually do have fashion notes. I forgot because I noticed what Xander was wearing (laughs) and later what Ford is wearing. Because Xander has like an Adidas jersey. Like a red jersey like a sports, sort of thing? It's a sports jersey, yeah. But it, it's generic sports yeah. jersey, not yeah. like this specific sport. <laughs> no. It's just a jersey. And he's got plaid pants <laughs> paired with it. Yeah, when he has his leg up on the chair. So you've got bright red <laughs> and then muted plaid on the bottom. Sort of like like a brownie green. And oh, it's it doesn't, nothing about it goes together at all. No. But we do get to the new character in our episode who will surely be around for a long time, mm-hmm. Ford. And he comes up and basically just inserts himself into the <gasps> Scooby's conversation as though he'd been listening for a few minutes. And this is one of those times where in order to be able to hear them, he would have had to be pretty close. Yeah. Yet out of frame. Right. So <laughs> He's just off camera constantly. <laughs> I want to see the widescreen release where he's just standing off to the side following them around. And they just didn't notice him until he comes up. I mean, really, Dave, he picks the best way to integrate yourself into a new group. With an in-joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That two-thirds of the group don't know about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he calls Buffy Summers. Yeah. She calls him Ford. Right. His first name's Billy. Yeah. Her first name is Buffy. Why don't they call each other that? How many children do you know? Because they used to be like little kids together, right? Yeah, like she says grade five, I think, and he was in grade six. Right. They're friends from the way back. And they refer to each other by last name? They went to school together for seven years, so they would have been, or something like that. They would have been in high school by the time that she left. So maybe maybe over time they started doing that. Hmm. Maybe there over were lots time of Buffies. they got more formal. Oh yeah, that's yeah. probably it. There were too yeah. many Buffies at the school. <laughs> <laughs> so. What kind of a stupid name is Buffy? <laughs> oh, hi, Aphrodisia. Hi. <laughs> uh, so I've just called him Billy for the rest of the episode because that's what he deserves. Everyone's all like, oh, Billy Fordham. We call him Ford. I'm like, no, we call him Billy. All right, I'm on dick. board. I'm on board for Bill. So what's Bill wearing? He's wearing I a know. bright orange sweater vest. Over? A t-shirt? Yes. <laughs> like a gray t-shirt and some jeans. So he shows up and he is like crush material. Buffy admits to having a giant crush on him back in the day. And Xander's like, oh, Buffy likes a guy. Ugh, I don't like him. He has an amazing bone structure, Dave. Can what you blame her? What the fuck is he wearing? Yes, I can blame her. <laughs> Look at his bright orange sweater vest over a gray t-shirt. Is he going hunting? <laughs> Well, if he is, he's not going to get accidentally shot, is he? (laughs) 
So speaking of Xander, just briefly, I was recently editing an episode of this podcast. Yeah. And I heard us talk about how Xander was over Buffy or getting over her. Right. And at the end of this one episode, it seemed like, you know, finally they're going to drop it. Would you say that's happened yet, Michaela? I would say it hasn't. And in fact, not only have we said that multiple times, but I believe at one point we discussed how Willow was getting over Xander. Yes. And I'm not super convinced that's actually happened either. Now, to a certain extent, I get it. And we have a few fans who think that we're too hard on Xander. And I want to say I'm sorry for being too hard on him. I hope that we've sort of redeemed ourselves there. But purely from an entertainment standpoint... I don't see what the point is of having Xander get jealous over any guy that comes up to Buffy. Because it's one note, it's not funny, and at this point, like, it's never been a will-they-won't-they-maybe-it's-going-to-happen thing. It was never possible. So what is the story or entertainment value in having this be a repeated item? At this point, it just feels incredibly inconsistent, too. Like, yes. they've somehow forgotten what they decided Xander was feeling. And yeah, people in real life don't just have this one way, like, oh, I am now developed as a person. The old me is gone. But that's kind of why I'm watching television. <laughs> to have there be a meaningful story, to have character development stick, and to see these people change. So Xander's just constantly stuck in this loop of, oh, I like Buffy. Oh no, I prefer Willow. I don't like Buffy anymore. Or, oh, I'm looking at a different girl. Now I don't like Buffy anymore. He's just always stuck in the same loop and it, it goes nowhere. I don't have any answers for you. I'm sorry, listeners, but that's, that's what I got. Anyway, let's head to the bronze. Ford is also wearing a single gold hoop earring, <laughs> which was very popular in the 90s. Oh, God. He has to have something going for him, right? His bone structure? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure he's got a charming personality to go along with it. Okay, so the bronze. <laughs> we have, standing around a single pool table, three people. Ford, Xander, and Angel. No, Willow. Oh, Willow's there too? Okay. No, Angel's not there yet, is he? Yeah, Angel's super there. But he's at the, what about Buffy runs into him at the bar? I don't know. He's there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't take great notes. <laughs> I just see these three people grouped up and I'm like, I don't fucking care about anything that's going to happen right now. <laughs> so initially, there's Ford, Xander, Willow playing pool. Mm -hmm. Buffy shows up and Ford's been telling them some embarrassing stories about Buffy in an attempt right. to fit in with them, I assume. Mm -hmm. And then she goes up to the bar to get a drink and runs into Angel, who was clearly lurking there waiting for her. <laughs> yes, right, ready does. to bounce, basically. Right. They have the most confusing half-conversation oh. I may have ever witnessed. Buffy's like, what did you do last night? Oh, nothing. What, literally nothing? You cease to exist? <laughs> yeah, oh, right, yeah, truth of scope, fuck. Oh, God, right. Oh, you just literally ceased to exist? And he's like, no, fucking crazy pants. I stayed in. But that's, again. <laughs> so Buffy's trying to get him to admit to seeing another girl. He's not admitting. And he's super confused by like this half-assed talking around it that Buffy is doing, which is pretty understandable. And Buffy just sort of wanders away, flustered and confused. 
Right. No one is just saying what they want to say, which is always... The episode title. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the episode title, and it's the source of much conflict in shows. I yeah. mean, this show, other shows like this. And I understand that that is a way to create conflict, because if Buffy had walked up to Angel and said, I saw you with a girl in the park, and Angel said, oh, yes... I don't have a good explanation for that <laughs> because <laughs> really he'd have to be like, oh yeah, that's Drusilla. She's super evil. I sired her. <laughs> right? And then Buffy'd be like, so why were you just talking and not staking? And he's like, ah, didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So still not a good outcome, but at least Angel's not confused about why Buffy's pissed. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Anyway, Buffy decides that the best way to deal with this amount of awkward is to wander away with Ford and leave the bronze. There's an excellent exchange that happens before this. Oh my god, there is. Oh, it's, it's maybe my favorite thing. So I love it so much. So Ford is like, hey, who's that guy? I've never seen him. He looks older. And Xander's like, <laughs> you're not wrong. And then, and then Angel comes over, follows Buffy over and uh -huh. shakes Ford's hand. And Ford's like, man, you got some cold <laughs> hands <a> there. Cold... <laughs> also correct. Xander's like, you're not wrong. And at this point, you're like, yeah, Xander, you would know about Angel's hands. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were referencing something different, which is just after this, where... Ford and Buffy have left. Sorry, Billy and Buffy have left. <laughs> right. And uh, this was also Angel's, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Angel's hanging around briefly with Xander and Willow, and they're just chatting. And <laughs> he just like straight up Batman's them. So leaves hard. in the middle of a sentence. Neither of them notice. <laughs> of course they don't. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, he's gone." And like, just treat it as though it's this beautifully normal thing that he always does. Xander's so nonplussed. And Willow's like, "Oh, you did that thing." where you made him leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you really not have Xander talking about Angel's ice cold hands? No. As part of the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that didn't even occur to me for some reason. <gasps> oh, God. So we find out that Billy knows that Buffy's the Slayer. There's this whole, like, contrived, oh, I heard a noise, go back to get my bag, and I'll go deal with something. And then he just runs up to find her sta uh, staking a vamp. And then she tries to say, like, there was a cat, and... <laughs> there were two cats. <laughs> they ran away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Although her lying is so bad that you do not need a truthoscope We have to not tell. seen bad lying yet. <laughs> okay. So far, this is the worst lying in this seen. episode. Yes, and it's it's gonna get a lot worse. I'm, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh no, I know you're the Slayer. I I've known for a while. It's cool. She's like, oh, all right. I guess we're cool then. And she she accepts it pretty easily. Yep. Apparently, he just says to her, oh, I found out before you left our old school. How <laughs> could you not question? tell people about this? <laughs> At this point. <laughs> Everyone in Sunnydale must know because they talk about it loudly in front of people constantly. They just think they're all LARPers. <laughs> oh, they're so into it, too. Our next scene is pretty great. Oh, this is a good episode, Dave. Yeah. There's some, some down parts, for sure. Yeah. But, like... It has some really good stuff in it. It's just Such not a lot of very jossy stuff happening. We find out that maybe Ford isn't as trust... Sorry, Billy isn't as trustworthy <laughs> as we thought when he goes to a vampire <laughs> slash goth nightclub. 
He has a dark secret of his own, Dave. Uh, wait, a character once thought trustworthy may not be trustworthy, Michaela? <laughs> so I actually like this concept of the people obsessed with vampires. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, I really do, because people aren't stupid. Obviously, they've realized that there are vampires, <laughs> because there are in this yeah. town. Yeah. And so they have these misconceptions about them, which I think people would romanticize it like that. Oh, yeah. And they revere them because, I mean, yeah, they basically get to live forever. And they're, they're... beautiful, generally. Yep. Because you're not going to turn some uggo into a vampire. Yeah, no, you're not going to just turn anyone into a vampire. Probably. Probably. (laughs) But they're sort of like this part of a suicide cult-ish thing, but vampire suicide where they all want to turn into vampires. Which, you know, as far as things, ways to commit suicide go, Mm. if you're then going to live forever, sounds pretty okay. Uh, Man, all the wannabe vamps in this club are... They're ridiculous. Amazing. Like, Billy is (laughs) probably the most normally dressed of any of them. In this scene, he's actually wearing a normal outfit, too. I think he just has, like, a green V-neck sweater on. Okay. Because he went to the bronze. He's not going to wear that orange (laughs) vest to the bronze, Dave. Come on. I don't know. He wore it to school. (laughs) For his first day. That's the statement he wants to make. But yeah, Diego's got a pretty (laughs) sweet cape Uh, on. Marvin, who (laughs) prefers to be known as Diego. (laughs) Is that even a vampire name? I wrote that exact question down. Uh, I, I don't, love it. I don't it's think all it part is. of the misconception, though, right? Like, yeah, they, they're that's so the in love with point, it. Is that these people just don't understand about vampires, mm-hmm. and they've sort of created this idea about vampires that they they all share. Like, even the girl, I forget her. Oh, she's Chanterelle. Yeah, oh God, that's that's yes. her name. I was gonna say Chartreuse. <laughs> just as ridiculous. Yeah, she has a lot of makeup on and some really, oh, yeah. really red lips and. Yeah, it's just great. They've got a sort of a weird basement with vampire movies playing. Yeah, and then, and then I think this is the scene where we see uh, Ford popping some pills. Yes. Which stood out a lot to me because, I mean, they're not just going to do that for no reason, obviously. Yeah, it's not like he's casually addicted to ecstasy or something. Our next <laughs> scene is one that I like to call Angel has a monologue in Willow's room. <laughs> he's climbing in her window, Dave. <laughs> No, he knocks on the door that leads directly into her bedroom. Which is very convenient for him. This is much easier than getting into Buffy's room. Or going through the rest of the house that Willow's parents would have a problem with this guy showing up. This old man. (laughs) Asking about their daughter. Like, that wouldn't be okay. Yeah, don't worry, Dave. He's in college. I feel like this is a different room than we saw when she was talking to Malcolm on the computer. Maybe not. It could be. This is definitely like her season two room. Mm. I don't know if it differs from... Because I think that's the only time we would see her room in season one. Yeah. But that's a weird choice to make to change the set design of her bedroom. Yeah, so they're both super awkward. It's really great. (laughs) It's super amazing. Angel has this brief monologue about how broody he is (laughs) and how much he loves Buffy and how long he's been alive. And those are basically all the the key points to it. He's like, oh, I'm really sad. Also, Buffy's pretty great. Also, I've been alive for like a super long time. Can you help me track down Billy? Because he seems like he's up to no good. Yeah, it was a very sort of self-aware monologue from Angel. He (laughs) admits that he spent a lot of time honing his brooding skills because (laughs) clearly he has. I really like when Willow's not sure what he wants help with at first. So she's like, help? You mean like on homework? No, 
because you're old and you already know stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, okay, if you could not tell Buffy that you were helping me research Billy, that'd be great. Because, you know, she might take offense to me just researching her boyfriend. Because it's pretty stalkery and weird. It turns out to be so on the nose that I can't really fault him, though. So he says he has like a like a bad gut feeling about Ford and he trusts his feelings. And... He's been alive for a long time, as he loves to say. So I guess he's not wrong. Because Willow's kind of like, "Mm, I don't know, Angel. I'm not so sure about, oh, wait, what's this? (laughs) Like, yeah. That's the real interrupted, like, uh, wait a minute. He's not in any of the school records. Oh, and this is all super weird. He doesn't have any addresses listed. Like, how fucking sloppy do you have to be? Right? I don't think it'd be that hard to fake this. No. If it's this easy for Willow to hack it, (laughs) then Willow's a genius, though. That's tough. But Mm. no, it's really sloppy. The main point of this is another lie is getting set up. Because Everyone's favorite lie. Willow can't tell Buffy what she's done for Angel right now. Until they have, like, something to actually tell Buffy, it would be super weird to be like, oh yeah, maybe this guy's bad, but maybe I'm just jealous. So right. the next day, we see Willow show up at school, and Billy and Buffy are there, and Buffy's like, how's it going, Willow? Do you want to hang? We're cafeteria bound. Uh, I'm going to do work in the computer lab on schoolwork that I have. So I cannot hang just now. Hi, Ford. Morning. Okay, well, fess up. What? Are you drinking coffee again? Because we've talked about this. <laughs> it makes me jumpy. I have to go away. Fine, everything's okay. <laughs> I, how? Why, why are you asking me? What's up with you? And it's, it's the kind of thing that you have to think... I don't know. No one in real life is this bad at lying, is all I could think. But, like, Willow can't function around Buffy. Yeah. Buffy's clearly like, what's going on with you? Because it's so, so obvious that (laughs) she's covering something up. And Willow just runs away. It's not even a direct lie. Like, she doesn't have to tell Buffy anything that's not true. (laughs) She just has to keep from telling the entire truth. So I guess what we've learned here is that Willow believes that omission is lying. Yes. Which other people in this show (laughs) maybe don't agree with quite as much say xander any of the vampires (laughs) buffy anyone else (laughs) right right so buffy and billy are going to go on patrol because why not bring your childhood chum along to patrol for vampires giles or sorry ripples um Uh, did you see what i did there i I combined the names i regret what i've done now (laughs) I feel that I've made a monster. (laughs) That's fine. You gave me the tools to make a monster. Yeah, exactly. You handed me them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I dug up the corpses and gave you those and a lightning rod. (laughs) To make myself a weird Frankenbride. Yep. Exactly the word I was going to use. (laughs) He starts to talk to Buffy about Slayer things in front of Ford, in front of Billy, sorry. Yeah. And then, I mean, he does an equally bad job of lying about it. And then he gets all pissed at her when <laughs> Ford's <laughs> when Ford's like, oh no, no, she's like, oh no, Ford knows. And he's like, so you're just telling everyone now? Yeah, you talk about it with her in front of everyone. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. 
Hey, Giles, does your girlfriend know? Yes? Okay. <laughs> then my old friend can know. <laughs> yeah, Giles, everybody knows. Ah. So they go out hunting for vampires. Ford is wearing a sweater tied around <laughs> his waist with a dress shirt on. Uh, if you didn't yes. notice this, I need I you to go look at it because it's I... ridiculous. Holy God. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what would possess a person to wear this? It, nothing about it makes sense. He, has he got the sweater in case he gets cold later? I mean, I can see why I didn't notice it, this at first. Because, again, it's all super fucking dark. Right. Like, there's no light in this scene. You need a different setup <laughs> for how you're watching this show. Maybe you just watch it in total darkness. <laughs> <laughs> that might legitimately be better. So yeah, they're on patrol. Billy's wearing something ridiculous. And they actually find some vamps to go kill. Two of them, in fact, which is very convenient because it means there's one for each of them. It's very convenient. And more convenient, Billy came prepared with his own steak. Buffy's like, all right, sure, no big deal. Uh, Also, conveniently, the one vampire tackles Buffy, taking her away from Billy, (laughs) giving him the opportunity to threaten the other vampire for information. Right. Several things about this didn't ring true. (laughs) Just like the general, you know, if a vampire is getting attacked by a mere human, they would just smack him around rather than being like, oh, I'm so afraid of the stake that you have. Oh, he's got a cross, Dave. Oh, right. Yeah. Cross is OP. Right. So, yeah, Yeah. that explains that away. (laughs) (laughs) But in general, yeah, he asks for some information. We don't get to see what. And then Buffy runs up and is like, what happened to the vampire? And he's like, oh, I staked it. It's dead. (laughs) Right. Now, this brings us into our second segment, a little thing that I like to call raising the stakes. 20 grand. Open. 30,000. Back to you already, Eddie. 50 grand. 80 grand. 100 grand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, fellas, I know. I know you're not in, which means no one cares what you know. 250. That's quite a raise. That's 150 on my 100. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to say? (laughs) Now, (laughs) when someone, when a vampire is staked in this show. Right. Does the stake stay around? Generally not. Generally not is kind of weird phrasing because it's true. (laughs) But like no is the general answer until it needs to. So if Buffy's holding a large thing like a sign, for instance, like in last episode and stakes a vampire with that, it'll stick around because she's holding onto it. If it's something that you can dump into someone's chest and then let go of for special effects reasons, the stake will disappear and get dusted. When Buffy comes up to Billy and is like, what happened? And he says, I killed it. He's still holding the stake. How many fucking vampires do you think that Buffy's killed where the stake has disappeared? It's tough because I can vividly picture both situations. Oh, really? Maybe maybe later on they do more where she like stakes the vampire and then pulls her fist back, still containing the stake. Mm. Up to this point, I would say that most, the vast majority of the stakes have disappeared. So then when she's just like, oh, you killed it. Cool. All right. And you got another stake or something. <laughs> awesome. I won't find this even the least bit, bit suspicious. You're like, no, no, no. If there's any evidence here, it's staring you right in the face. Well, at this point, I didn't think she really bought it. No, and I thought that maybe this would come up as like, yeah, I don't think he staked it because the stake was still around. But that's not like commented upon canon. 
No. So it just didn't happen. I think the steak thing is a convenience thing. Yeah, it's very plot convenient. Yeah. Is it, does Buffy have time to figure out how to get another steak or is she just going to continue to use this one? In the same way that the vampire's clothing turns to dust unless mm-hmm. they're wearing a ring that is plot relevant. <laughs> or they're the master and their bones are plot relevant. Sure. What does and does not turn to dust seems pretty inconsistent. Yep. Like, is there ever a situation in which Buffy stakes a vampire and then has no stake for another vampire? I think so. Because I've got to think that's got to come up. So, like, it... (laughs) It happens. It's just really, really inconsistent. That's kind of bugging me. Well, we can keep an eye out for this. Mm -hmm. So Xander has joined Operation Angel (laughs) to, I guess it's more Operation Takedown Billy. (laughs) Yes. And Xander, Willow, and Angel, the unlikely trio. Xander's like, why are you butting in, Willow? Come on. (laughs) Yeah, Xander and Angel have some uh, adorable banter in this. Mm -hmm. But they're going to investigate the Sunset Club, which is the only address that Willow could find associated with Billy. Which is, again, super weird. Why would this address be associated with him? I don't know. Wouldn't he want to distance himself from this as much as possible? It's really weird. Conveniently... They find the vampire-loving cult. Yep, and saying that they're a friend of Billy's is good enough to get them in the door. Yep. I I can't imagine these people are terribly... Astute? (laughs) I was going to say picky in who they let into the club. (laughs) If you say, hi, I'd like to come in, aren't vampires great? They'd be like, oh yeah, man. Oh, we all think that. That's super convenient. Come on in. But before they get in, they didn't know that that was the... Password. No. no. Uh, they are greeted by vampire wannabe lady. Chanterelle. <laughs> yes. We will find her name is Chanterelle. Uh, I thought she looked super familiar, so I decided to look her up. Right. I don't think I've seen her in anything before, but she then is apparently a recurring character in sort of this series and mostly Angel. Yeah, it's... We'll talk about it when it comes up. I can't remember what she's doing in Angel at all. Hmm. Maybe we'll get there someday, Dave. Years down the road. (laughs) We can only hope. We can only hope. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I I guess she doesn't die in this episode then. Oh, yeah, right. That's kind of a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, so yeah, she's talking about how the lonely ones are misunderstood. (laughs) They have no interest in harming anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what she thinks they eat. (laughs) Angel eats pig's blood or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, having them have no interest in harming people. (laughs) It's all the, like, romantic notion, right? Of, like, you know, vampire goes into the super pale maiden's bedroom at night. And they, like, it's just allegory for having sex. Right. He's, like, takes a bit of her blood and then he leaves, leaving her feeling a bit empty. Right. And, again, I understand why people would do this. I mean, like, look at goddamn Twilight. (laughs) Yeah, This seems very prescient of the whole Twilight phenomenon, actually. Yeah. Angel is not having any of this. He thinks... (laughs) He calls them fools yes yeah right and he's right but that's not how you get information out of people by insulting them no and like no one in this episode is really sympathetic towards these people and that's fine i understand why they're not but if you want to convince them that they're wrong calling them idiots is definitely not the right way to do it 
because that's all i'm sure that's all they've not that they talk about this much but that's probably all they've ever heard so they're just going to dismiss you if all you're doing is saying man you're really stupid yeah is this the scene in which angel (laughs) is talking about how dumb everyone looks and how no (laughs) self-respecting vampire would dress like this and then a kid comes down the stairs dressed exactly like angel oh it's so good yeah (laughs) That's exactly what happens. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Dave, it finally happens. They're having a loud discussion about something <laughs> and it has repercussions. Sort of. Like Diego overhears them. Mild. Someone overhears them, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't, like, do a lot with that. He doesn't. So, so yeah, someone overheard them, but repercussions is a strong word for what actually happens. This is the closest we've come, then. (laughs) Yes. Maybe they'll learn a thing or two. Other than, like, Peace and I overhearing something and being like, wait, what did you just say? And they say something that sounds vaguely similar. And then he just dismisses it as those fucking kids because you know (laughs) you got into a fight (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah buffy's had to pull giles and jake hal out of their date right away from the monster (laughs) truck date that jake hal took ripper to right ripples he is just he hates monster trucks (laughs) yes why would jake hal ever think that ripples would like monster (laughs) trucks it makes no sense but more than that she's like okay you didn't like it that's fine and what does he say does he pretend Pretend that he didn't hate it. <laughs> right, right. That's what he says. He's like, no, yes. no, no. It wasn't so bad. It was. I wasn't having the worst time I've ever had at yeah, any event I'm not ever. I didn't like it, and you're just like, uh huh. Yeah, like you need to be way more honest if you want a relationship to work. Just be like, yo, I'm happy that you tried to like think outside the box. Yeah, but this one didn't pan out. No, this one didn't land. Yeah, let's let's go look at books sometime. <laughs> Right, so Buffy, like, I guess she she pulled them out of their date because there were vampires near the school. Yeah. Is that really a strong enough reason? No. Okay. But they need I to be sure. here because for some reason a vampire is stealing a book from Giles' <laughs> office the very moment that they come into the room. And it, it has to have been, like, a while. Like, a long while. Since uh, Buffy saw that one vampire. You know, a couple hours, or, like, maybe an hour to get Ripper and J. Cal out of the monster truck rally and actually here. So the fact that the vampire's still in there and busts out with the book and Buffy's like, wait a minute, Billy said he killed that one. You're like, okay, so it's the same vampire and it didn't, like, go home when its vampire buddy was killed and all of these things. The vampire would have had to look at a lot of books, presumably. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she would have no idea where to find this particular book. Right. So, yeah, it's still, the timeline doesn't match up, but whatever. Giles is so put off that a vampire has stolen one of his books. Yes. He is really, really unhappy about it. Very angry. I love how easily vamps get in and out of the school. Because just, like, pushes Buffy over and then runs out through the stacks. And you're like, oh, right, yeah, there's a fucking exit through there. (laughs) Easy peasy. Vamps are just up in here all the time. The next scene is great. We get Drew, (laughs) Drusilla, (laughs) talking to a dead bird, trying to get it to sing. And she is just primo crazy. Now, I had actually thought that she was crazy, like, because of something the mob had done to her. Mm. Turns out that's not the case. I thought I, I somewhat disabused you of that notion. Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, because I feel like this is something that I've had before cleared up for me. But I didn't tell you no. why she was actually crazy. We're going to learn that. I didn't want to ruin the, the reveal for you, Dave. Yeah. Spike comes in and he is mad. But you know what he does, Dave? He just like literally tells her what he's pissed about. Yes. He's like, you went on a walk without anyone else. And mm-hmm. who'd you find on that walk? You found Angel and you talked to him. What'd you talk about? Yeah, wants to know, like, this is serious business. Drusilla's too crazy to really do much with this, unfortunately. In the end, he doesn't really get any information out of her. He just gets mad at her. Well, he's mad at her because of everything. And then he's like, the bird's dead. You <laughs> killed it. And then she starts pouting because he yelled at her. And he's like, oh, no, baby. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll buy you a new bird. <laughs> and you're like, this is how every argument you two have goes. Yes. Always. Spike cannot win an argument. No, of course not. Yeah, I kind of like how in this episode, the only people who really tell the truth and don't lie are the bad guys. Because I don't think Spike ever lies in this episode, which is kind of a spoiler for later. Yeah, but Spike is a straightforward guy. Yeah. He doesn't really want to fuck around. He just, he's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I don't really Mm -hmm. care. It's refreshing. Billy shows up. He's got info for Spike. Like, he's going to betray Buffy. Billy is so weird. God. (laughs) You found Uh. him unlikable? Uh, Amazingly, yes. (laughs) Yeah, he has this, like, whole weird uh, thing where he sort of imagines things playing out like they were in a movie. Uh Uh-huh. Or in a campy TV show. Right. So he's doing that with Spike, where he wants Spike to tell him that he's got 30 seconds to convince him not to kill him. And Spike's like, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I I do like Spike's reaction to it. It's all very true. (laughs) As always, Drusilla is like, wait, you might want to hear what this guy has to say. Lucky for Billy, because Spike would not have listened. But, I mean, as we're soon going to learn, Billy's got nothing to lose, so. Yeah. So he wants to trade buffs for being turned into a vampire. But for him and his friends, right, Michaela? Because he's got all these friends that also want to be vampires. Yeah, he sure (sighs) sure as shit brings them up. (laughs) Yep. No, he does not. They're pretty important to him. Then we get to Angel creeping outside of Buffy's house. (laughs) Ah, so we're back to the normal. Good. He's picked this moment to give her the lowdown on Ford. He's pretty sure Ford's a big old dick now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a a fight and it's, it's fine. Like, I know what I'm getting into for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And yeah, they do a decent job with character interactions. This is fine. Yeah, Angel goes about this all wrong. (laughs) Yes. But it's like, I'm not saying I think it's written badly. I think he just, where he starts giving information is the wrong point. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, Ford's a bad dude. (laughs) He starts being like, um, so I was hanging out with Willow and Xander behind your back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, always a good way to make Buffy feel included. Yeah, Buffy is wearing a very (laughs) off-the-shoulder sweater. With a white spaghetti strap tank top, as always. Yes, she is. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't have anything against it. (laughs) But this whole thing of like... So basically, she finally tells him that she's pissed about seeing him with Drusilla. Yeah. Oh, we missed her finding out who Drusilla was. Oh, right. Yeah, she sees it in a book. Giles knows about... she's around Ripples, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right, Ripples. Uh, He knows about Drusilla and knows that Drusilla and Angel have a a thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, No, sorry. He knows that Spike and Drusilla have a thing. Right, right. Doesn't know anything Angel and Drusilla. Right. 
But so at this point, Buffy reaches the same conclusion of like, so evil vampire, why is Angel just like hanging out (laughs) talking to her? Uh, And we get to our next segment, a little segment that I like to call Sick and Sired. Who made that man a gunner? I did, sir. He's my cousin. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole too, sir. Gunner's made first class Philip asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. (laughs) So we get to find out all sorts of exciting information about Drusilla. I can only imagine that this is exactly the sort of thing that was written in the Watcher Diaries that Buffy and Willow were looking at last episode with like, oh, let's look at Angel's past. Like, it's full of this sort of shit. Because this is the kind of thing Angel did. Yeah. Drusilla might be a kind of particularly special case. But getting kind of obsessed with someone and then doing really horrible things to that person was kind of his M.O. Yep. And he did terrible things to Drusilla. She was a regular person. He found her as Angel the Vampire and, what, killed everyone around her, devised every sort of psychological torture he could for her, and drove her insane before siring her. Yeah, he drove her to a convent and then waited for her to take holy vows before making her into a vampire. Into a demon, yeah. Right, yeah. Does have a... I mean, I'll give Angel one thing. He has has good timing. That's poetic (laughs) as fuck. Yeah, yeah, that really is. Uh, And they they don't mention this here, but the whole vision thing was something that human Drusilla had before the vampire. Like, the visions are not a product of her vampirism, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they're sort of, like, something that she had before. And, I mean, maybe that's part of what made Angel obsessed with her. So, just talking about sick and sired for a second. Right, yeah. Most of the drama that we've seen between vampires so far is because a vampire sired another one. And I get it, like, it's this big thing for them. But that's basically, like, all of the vampire drama that we've seen. Because we know that Master sired Darla, Darla sired Angel, Angel sired Spike and Drusilla. That's untrue. What? Angel sired Drusilla, Drusilla makes Spike. But Spike said, you sired me, man. But if, by the transitive property... (laughs) What? If Angel sires Drusilla and Drusilla sires Spike, then hasn't Angel sired Spike? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, he hasn't. (laughs) He Okay, so Angel's Spike's grandsire. But then, like, every important vampire that we've seen, basically, I think maybe every vampire that has a name that we've seen has been in this direct line of siring. So apparently Joss Whedon, I've just looked this up, Joss Whedon has commented that the term sire can refer to any vampire in a lineage. Oh, bullshit. (laughs) since Angel sired Drusilla, he can also be considered Spike's sire because- That's a retcon if I've ever heard one. Transitive property of siring. Oh, that's such bullshit. I know. He's like, oh shit, we did say that. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) So we get on to some more lies. Because can't have enough of those. As Buffy's now fully aware that Billy is, like, bad news. Oh, this, this scene. (laughs) So she and Billy meet in the middle of the school campus, bright sunny day. And the camera is just doing this constant spin around both of them. It's so whack. Spooky piano music is playing the entire time. And they're planning their, like, date in the largest air quotes I can summon. (laughs) 
And after the reveal of Ford being a dick, everything he says after that sounds so hammy. And like, <laughs> like when they're outside the school and he sees like the vampires, he's like, are those more vampires? <laughs> and you're like, no shit, buddy. I think you know what vampires are. It- yeah. <laughs> He's using all of the same lines that J. Cal used on Ripples before, where he's like, it's a secret date. We're going to a secret place. If I told you where it was, it wouldn't be any fun anymore, Buffy. And Buffy's like, yeah, that sounds super fun. I'm super into whatever this is. I have no hesitation about it whatsoever. She's so standoffish. (laughs) And Billy's actually doing a decent job of acting like, I'm trying to make a date with you and it sounds like it's going super well, but your tone says you hate me <laughs> and I don't know what's up. The, did you notice w- within this like really zoomy camera rotation, <laughs> it would it would switch directions? Like, oh no. Every time Ford was talking, it'd be going clockwise. And then when Buffy was like the, it was the Buffy shot, it'd be going counterclockwise. Oh. And I have to assume that that's some, like some sort of. I think that's 180 rule. Yeah. Yeah. Where you like audiences get more confused if you do. No, that, cause that's just, they are like circling around them. I think it, it might be some sort of like symbolic thing. Yeah. That's probably in, symbology. Like, camera storytelling i don't know we don't know about these things we've been very clear about that anyway yeah they're planning this secret date and it's probably going super well yeah they're both really hyped about it everyone's gonna have a great time xander learns from willow that (laughs) angel was in her room and he has this great jealous line where he's just like wait angel was in your room and just like yes feeding the theory Climax of the episode, we've got everyone down in the basement of the Sunset Club. Billy shows up, Chanterelle's here in some terrible uh, vamp makeup. Oh, it's really bad. They're all talking about how their evil plot is so great, but then Buffy is already there and she's like, ah ha ha, I heard everything. And he, and then Ford's like, ah ha ha, I knew you would figure it out. Yeah, I'm one step ahead of you. <laughs> ha ha ha. We built this really sweet door that you can only open from the outside. <laughs> Which is just so bizarre. Part within this episode, I was kind of like, why does he even need these people? Right? Like, why does he need them? I think he needs them to build that door. I don't think he has the resources to build this Buffy trap without Mm. wherever they're getting their money from. I'm assuming just rich parents. Yeah, probably. And like, he's a teenage person, so he doesn't have access to stuff like this. No. Yeah, so he's like, ah, I've sprung my trap on you, and now we're all here until the vamps show up to eat us. So Buffy does not take this well. As she should not, because essentially he's condemned a room full of people to death. She does the thing where, like, she's trying to persuade them that they're all stupid. And if you want to persuade them that they're going to die, you can use some of your personal experience with vampires. Yeah. But she really, like, saves that for the one-on-one with Billy. And the rest of the time, she's just shouting at these people. Well, nothing she could have said would have made a difference at this point because, no. I mean, that door's not getting opened. Yeah. I have no idea why Buffy hadn't just beaten the crap out of Billy at some point here. Like, purely a stress relief. <laughs> That's not going to solve anything. No, it doesn't need to. It's going to make her feel a hell of a lot better and he's not going to be able to gloat about his evil plan succeeding anymore. Here we finally find out the reason that he's evil. His, his evil plot is because he has... Cancer. You have ass cancer. Ass cancer? It's, uh, it's when you have cancer in your ass. Lots of, lots of brain tumors. Yeah, all of the brain tumors. All of them. 
Yeah. And so he's got like six months left to live, blah, 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 chemo, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. He's basically on board for a room full of people dying so that he can potentially live, including his friend from childhood, Buffy. So he's not supposed to be a sympathetic character, is he? I don't know. Because he's definitely not a hero that is like, oh, tarnished hero versus like bad guys aren't so bad. Well, so Buffy doesn't buy doesn't no. buy this at no all. not at all as she shouldn't because she sort of says like yeah you want me to feel bad for you and i do but nothing that you just said justifies what you're doing killing a room full of people nope and he uh, he makes it very clear that he thinks almost nothing of them he thinks they're idiots for being yep. in this vampire cult and you know they are kind of silly i'll give him that but in no way am i then like well i don't care whether or not they live or die yeah. in fact i'm going to put them in this trap so that they are certainly going to die yeah not just not caring but no making them die because the other thing is he, once he's used them to build this buffy trap like how hard would it be for him to be like hey guys the vampires are going to come later but i need mm -hmm. to meet my friend here first so like if you guys could just come back later trap yep. buffy in there with him then he's only endangering buffy it would be so easy for him to not kill these people there's no reason for them to be there yeah so there's the big like will he be redeemed will anything that buffy says convince him and just nope nope he's uh he's such a selfish fuckwit yeah he's basically like it's not fair i yeah. should have had my whole life ahead of me don't tell me it's bad to kill a room full of people <laughs> Until you're facing death yourself. You're like, that makes no sense at all, sir. His complete disregard for these people's lives just makes me think that he's some sort of sociopath. Now, Billy and Buffy get into a fist fight, sort of. <laughs> oh, right. Billy backhands her in right. the face, which and I don't condone, but she's the slayer. Works. Yeah, she yeah. goes down. Like, she goes down hard. He's just a person. So is is she not strong? Or, like, can she not take a punch? Is she a glass cannon? Do we ever see her take a good bit of, like, beating up in future episodes? I would, I would think that occasionally vampires must be scoring hits on her. Vampires who would be considerably as strong stronger as her. Yeah, yeah. than Billy. And she's not, like, down for a good 30 seconds as a result. Yeah. So what the fuck? Like, I really want to see this happen where someone tries to hit Buffy. And they break and their hand. breaks their hand, yeah. That's the only reasonable outcome. God, that would be so good, but it, it just never happens. Then vampires show up and everyone starts dying because that's what happens when vampires show up. Yeah, Buffy obviously isn't going to be able to kill all these vampires in time. No. But Spike has inexplicably brought <laughs> Drew to this party. He agreed to let her tag along because she said that she was strong enough, which was obviously a lie, but he couldn't win that argument because she pouted or something. <sighs> He can't say no to her. That's definitely true. But he doesn't, like, put any vamps on guard for her to make sure that she doesn't die. Well, he forgot that Buffy can climb. <laughs> I think that's that's the answer. Yeah. So she's, like, standing up on some catwalk, and Buffy just jumps up to her, points a stake at her, and is like, Situation is diffused. Everyone leave. Except for the vampires. You all stay. And that works very nicely. Super well. I think all that this taught us is that love is a weakness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because yep, that's the message we get. <laughs> literally everybody would have died if not for love. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful. 
so yeah, no one actually dies. No. Buffy manages to save them in time. Well, sorry, no one that we care about, which is to say the extras. <laughs> Once the door is locked again, we see that Billy is still in the club with all the vampires who are rare and mad. Well, they, yeah, he'd been like hit his head and been knocked out or something. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't run away with all the humans. And he's like, guys, come on. I held up my part of the bargain just because you guys fucked it up. That's not on me. Right. And Spike is left looking at him very ominously. And we cut to a couple of days later after the vampires have clawed their way through this like foot thick metal door. They're going to do it eventually. Oh, yeah. 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 It's going to take a while, but. And yep, she finds Billy's body. She and Giles have a really nice nighttime funeral type thing for him. So did they bury him themselves? No, I'm sure that this was like after the actual ceremony, they came back at night. Because they're the only two people here. Giles, sorry, Ripples and Buffy are having this beautiful little nighttime ceremony. And you're like, why is it at night? Oh, it's because they they actually did make him into a vampire. (laughs) Spike actually sired him. Because, like, Spike keeps his goddamn word. Like, uh, you know, as far as people acting maturely in this episode go, Spike is 100% winning. He is leading the crowd for sure. (laughs) Far and away. Like, Giles has nothing on him. No. Because Ripples is just like, oh, yeah, that was was a great date. I really enjoyed it. Let's definitely do that again. But clearly doesn't mean it. No. No, Spike's... Spike is just keeping his word left and right. Yeah, he's crushing it. I guess you can't tell whether or not someone's going to become a vampire. Because yeah. why go to the trouble of burying him <laughs> so we can pop out of the ground and get staked two seconds later? That's true. It seems like a... Can you stake a dead body as it's transforming? I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it's to give the family closure so that there's not just like this ongoing investigation for Billy? Right. Anyways. But it seems very overcomplicated. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. The ending of this episode, I think, is really strong because it's just Ripples telling Buffy that life is complicated. The bad guys aren't always demons. The good guys don't always win. It's a, it's a really nice message. It's a really good ending. And then it ties back to the theme of the episode because he's asking Buffy whether this is what she wants to hear. And <laughs> I like, think her no. last line is lie to yeah. me. Yeah. She's like, just just tell me what I wanna what I wanna hear, yeah. not what the truth is. Because sometimes that's better. Michaela, what was your favorite outfit from this episode? Oh, that's a good question. Nothing really stands out to me. Uh orange sweater vest over a You're gray right. t shirt? Or uh, Xander's plaid pants with his red Adidas jersey. But I don't even know what to think about Xander's outfit. Like, I have no... (laughs) I I just... Like, I don't know if if this was a fashion thing. At least... I think he just dressed in the dark. Yeah. Like, Ford's sweater vest I can get behind. He's got Mm. his single earring, you know. (laughs) I'm about all of that. And Xander, yeah, you're just like, what are you doing, buddy? Those two (laughs) items of clothing just don't go together at all. Yeah, you're like golf on the bottom, (laughs) basketball on the top. I guess they're both sports. Uh. (laughs) What's coming up for us next episode, Michaela? An episode entitled The Dark Ages. The Dark Ages. So I've already maybe spoiled a bit of the surprise of this episode. Oh, Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan comes back. Okay. Getting our Ethan on. I mean, I didn't remember Ethan the first time around. You know what, Dave? I think you're going to like this episode. Okay. Because we're going to learn some more stuff about Giles. Ooh, I like Ripples. We're going to learn some more stuff about Ripper. I think that's a much better way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Michaela, did you like this episode? There are so many small things in it that I like so much because I think because more than any other episode we've seen so far, it just really has that very Joss feel. Yep. 
I didn't like see it coming up and think to myself, yeah, I'm hyped to watch this because the main plot with Ford, I don't really care about. Right. Because it's hard to care about Ford's plight. Like he's not a sympathetic character. No. But yeah, just the the little things, like the little one-liners and Mm -hmm. Angel being really (laughs) self-aware. And I really like the introduction of this, these ideas about Drusilla. Mm, yep. So overall, I, I think it's a pretty highly rated episode, actually. Yeah, I yeah. was actually less enthused by it. Interesting. I agree with a lot of the small things that you say. I was less taken with the Sunset Club or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, I get the joke. Uh, it didn't really land for me in a way that I found hysterical. I like a lot of the smaller elements of it, but the the entire Billy character was just so uninteresting to me he's insufferable yeah (laughs) his reveal is just so terrible and you feel like he's a bad person who deserves worse than he gets and it's not so much that that i think the sunset club is funny so much that i really think that something like that would exist hmm Okay. I really, yeah. I think that like in the this world of Buffy where like there are vampires, lonely people would sort of congregate like that and would have these ideas about vampires romanticizing them like that. Right. Small elements I like. I really like the ending of it. I think that Giles's little speech is great. Overall, eh, it's not bad. I didn't think this was as great as a few people on the internet that did though. It is definitely, you know, if we have good episodes and bad episodes so far this season, it's going to be on the good side. Yes. Compared to Reptile Boy. (laughs) Was Cordelia in this episode at all? Yes. She's credited as being in this episode. You skipped the small part that she was in. When when Buffy and Willow are passing notes about Drusilla, Uh Cordelia is wearing a shiny gold turtleneck tank top thing. And um, she's talking about how Marie Antoinette is a sympathetic figure huh. and how she really she really relates to Marie Antoinette because... Right, with the cake. Yeah, thing. she spends a lot of time being pretty and like that takes a lot of work that people don't really appreciate. And she liked the peasants. She wanted them to have cake after all. <laughs> I think I got that scene confused with an episode of Scream Queens that I just watched. <laughs> I mean... So I didn't remember it as being a separate entity. <laughs> That seems like a very Chanel thing to think. (laughs) She is barely in this episode, though. I think that's it. For being a starring character? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us about any of the things we've said over the course of the show, you can find us on Swarm, the Foursquare (laughs) spinoff. I'm at Cozy and Swarm. And Michaela? I'm a swarm of Zerglings. Make sure to hashtag all of those swarms with welcome to the hellmouth so we know you came from the pod. If you'd actually like to reach out to us because God knows we're not on swarm, <laughs> you can do that at the email beyondvanu.hellmouth at gmail.com, which is in the show notes. Or you can talk about this episode on the Reddit, buffy.reddit.com. Until next time, farewell, farewell from, from the, the hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.